Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, the Recovering Car Dealer Live. You heard my introduction just then. Um, I think it pretty well summarizes our show, and we're here to help you. We're here uh, to entertain you a little bit. Uh, we're here to hear your opinions. Uh, the show is kind of magical when we really get some uh, momentum going from the audience. You folks out there can call in, you can text in, you can Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. We have all forms of communication other than in person. We haven't tried that yet. I guess we could have somebody come by the studio, knock on the door, but we're not quite there yet. But you could do it. The text is really one of the greatest ways we found is our technology changes and uh, this whole uh, cyber explosion we have prog- progresses. People are becoming more texters than callers. I mean, in everyday life, uh, I probably, I, I don't probably, I absolutely text more than I make phone calls. It's easier. It's uh, to the point, and it's more of a passive. It's not much as much of an interruption. So our text number is 772-497-6530. And we love to build a little backlog of those texts because if we don't get to it right away, we do get to it. We usually cover every single text. And that's one of the reasons we like it so much. You can be specific and, you know, just as uh, give us the details, the spellings, the names, and we get it right. That text number again, and if you're not going to call or text, Write it down anyway. The text number is area code 772-497-6530. And the old-fashioned telephone, 877-960-9960. Now, we like the old-fashioned telephone because we hear your voice. It is more personal. But it ain't going to work. It ain't going to no, work. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just oh. I'm managing expectations. Well, that's we, all. <laughs> well, we have fun. Your regular listeners know that uh, it's kind of a comedy around here at Earl Stewart on Cars and Terps, technologically speaking. So just for just for fun, try to call us. Yeah. Even if you can't get through. It's just part of your, your, your curse. You have a technology curse. It's a trial. If you, pass, if you pass the calling trial and you can still follow us and call us again and again and again. Uh, that's 877 877- Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Your uh, Facebook folks, and you just uh, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube, Twitter, Earl on Cars. You can reach us in so many different ways. YouTube has become big, um, and we're getting a lot of people following us on YouTube, which is kind of cool. We're streaming live, and uh, we have one beautiful person in the studio. That's Nancy Stewart next to me. Rick, uh, forget about it. Stu, uh, beard. I got a beard. Uh, you can't see Jonathan. He's Jonathan's over in the corner. Over there. Yeah, he's very cute. <laughs> but anyway, stream us. It's, it, it is, uh, I think it adds to the essence of the show. And as I said, we know you're probably driving a car. 
especially if you're in Florida. Anywhere in the United States of America, you're probably driving a car, using a car, and you're probably involved with car dealers, and you're probably involved with repair departments, service departments, be it independent or dealer-affiliated. And for some reason, this is really a bugaboo. I mean, this is really uh, something that we live with, kind of like you got to get your teeth cleaned, you have to have colonoscopies, uh, you have to... You know, things, unpleasant things in life that we just have to do. And visiting car dealerships has become one of them. It's very sad. I haven't mentioned this in the past couple of shows, but for the people who haven't heard this before, this is the truth. You can Google it. The Gallup Annual Poll on Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Now, that's exactly what it sounds like. They went out and they surveyed a whole bunch of people, thousands of people, and they've been doing this every year, the Gallup people, since 1977. And every year, car dealers are on the bottom. Now, if they're not dead last, they're next to last or third from last. Last year, I think, 2018, almost said 19. We're one up from the bottom. One up from the bottom. So that means that of all your retail, your business experiences, uh, whether it's lawyers or congressmen or lobbyists or uh, whatever it is, uh, you don't like car dealers. Uh, you dislike them more than almost any other experience you have. So we know you have some uh, problems out there. We want to help you through it. We can tell you how to make your life easier when you're having your car serviced, how to maintain it, and when you buy or lease. Lease is a real, real minefield out there. The dealers are jumping on the leasing bandwagon and taking a lot of advantage. And our mystery shopping report today, we went in on a lease advertisement. And what was it, $85 a month, Stu? Yeah. Yeah. $89 a month. $89 a month. So What a deal. It's a Black Friday special, $89 a month. So that's just a red flag. So we went in, and you're going to have a lot of fun listening to this Mystery Shopping Report. If you don't know about the Mystery Shopping Report, that is a, that's a highlight of the show. It's, it's, I don't know whether it's more entertainment or more information, education, it's about a 50-50 balance. We send an undercover person into the dealership to pretend to buy or lease a car. We usually respond to an advertisement, and we deal with a salesman, usually a sales manager, and we name names, we name the dealership, and we tell you exactly what happened. And if there's a violation of the law, we say, hey, this dealer, and we name the name, broke the law. And if it's unethical, if it's a lie, we just call a spade a spade. And... The good news is we've been doing this for 16, 17 years, never been sued by a dealership. We've been threatened, but we've never been sued. We, we've received letters of uh, deceased and, and desist. Exactly. And uh, that was from off-lease only, yeah. I believe. Um, well, who happens to be one of the better places to buy a used car. Yeah. So, uh, And we told them that, but we just told the truth about our experience. And we got a cease and desist letter from off-lease only's uh, lawyer. And our lawyer wrote him back and said... We're not going to cease and desist because we told the truth. And the perfect defense against libel or slander, you lawyers out there will uh, agree with this, the perfect defense if someone sues you for libel or sues you for slander is, did you tell the truth? If you tell the truth, you're immune. And we, we always tell the truth. Kind of fun to tell the truth all the time. 877-960-9960. Write the number down, please, if you have a... A second, if you're driving or something like that and can't call, just try to memorize it or write it down, uh, whatever is easiest or safest, 877-960-9960. Sure. And our text number is 
772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. To my right is Rick Kearney. Excuse and me for a second. Guess what, ladies? The lines are lit up with female callers. Oh, wow. Fabulous. Let's, let's do so it. So hang in there. And for the first two female callers, you win yourself $50, and that'll go a long way uh, this holiday season. And uh, give let's, us a call with your Black Friday uh, car buying experience. Would you like to start the call? Absolutely, callers. Okay, let's get uh, Tina on the line first. And uh, Rhonda, yeah, Rhonda, hold on. Good morning, Tina. Tina, Bonita Springs. Yes. Good morning. Good yes. morning. How are y'all doing today? Fabulous. I'm a little sluggish. Yeah, yeah too much turkey oh, on Thursday, yeah. That tryptophan <laughs> is still coma. hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> I call it turkey coma. Uh, I was watching a really interesting show that my dad pulled up on Netflix. It's called Broken. And this particular episode of Broken talked about, this, this does have something to do with cars, I promise. But it had something to do with counterfeit, the counterfeit market in China regarding cosmetics. And then I did a little research online and I found out there is a burgeoning, flourishing counterfeit airbag market that's coming out of China. Oh, my so a God. a bunch of people that thought, oh, a bunch of people thought that, oh, my goodness, you know, I have this awful Takata airbag. I need to get it replaced. And they very well could have had it replaced with a counterfeit airbag that is just as dangerous. I mean, how low can you go? I mean, that's absolutely astonishing. Chinese. Yeah, look on safercar.gov has an article about it. Oh, okay. I was was really flabbergasted. They said if if people go online and they'll buy airbags for less than $400 a piece, or they'll get them from salvage yards that are already in question because the electronic components, the electronic components have been degraded by sun and wind and rain. So it's just this is this is a way bigger issue than we ever thought it was. Wow. Well, I tell you, I don't know how. And then once it's installed, you're just not going to know about it. You won't discover it until it's too late. That is really terrible. Yeah, so pretty much the only way that you can be sure that you're getting your airbag replaced properly is if you get it replaced at a dealer. If you go to these places that claim they fix airbags, I would avoid them like the plague. Absolutely, yeah. No, you never want to buy an airbag uh, until you know it's official. And uh, I guess they all have part numbers and they can be verified with the manufacturer. So thanks very much, Tina. You come up with some of the most interesting, useful information. Thank you. I try to find stuff. And another thing to note, well, like with this uh, show called Broken, uh, they showed packages of the legitimate product and the counterfeit product, and you could virtually not tell the difference. Yeah. So if somebody is having these products shipped to them, sure. the legitimate product packaging and the counterfeit product packaging might look so identical that you can't tell which is which. Yeah. Well, that's an old con game. They've been making counterfeit products for a long time. I just never heard of something like an airbag. I just thought that even criminals had some limit to how low they could go. But to do something that is going to kill somebody is uh, is pretty shocking. Yeah, it's it's terrible. So every everybody caveat emptor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you better believe it. Well, Tina, thank you so very much for the call, and I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, you're our most important caller, certainly our most important female caller, but you're right up there in the top rankings. Hope you can call again next week. Thank you, Will.
going to call you Rhonda. Thank you. All, <laughs> all of all of the women are important, and the fifty dollars is a thing, ladies. So please, Nancy and I can't do this by ourselves. We need you. Thank you so much, Dana. I really, uh, I really enjoy you, and thank you for the support. Uh, we're going to go to Rhonda now, who's in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Rhonda. How are you? Can we help you, Rhonda? I just had to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my name is Vonda, B-O-N-D-A, oh. Vonda. Vonda, okay. Are you a first-time yes, caller? Help me, Vonda. Yes. Oh, great. Uh, whenever uh, you can, send out your information to 772-497-6530. That's your contact information, and I'll get a check out to you. What can we do for you this morning? I I hear about um, a lot of electric cars. Even the... The Mustang is going to have an electric car. Um, how many miles are they going to be able to go? I read, th- yeah, I read that they're going. It was over three fifty. It was a pretty big range. I mean, better than like the higher range Teslas is what I heard. Like I think mm-hmm. a standard Tesla is about two hundred fifty miles on a charge, and then you can get an upgrade and get something like three fifty. And I think the Mustang is starting out right around that higher range. Hmm. That's not bad. Is it? Is that like if you just go at once? 350 or is does it use more battery to stop and go stop and go yeah, definitely driving how you're driving is going to affect how long the battery lasts also temperature of the air so if you're really driving aggressively and stopping and starting a lot um yeah you're probably going to get not quite the range you know i was i was talking about that with my brother the other day i was thinking i was saying well 350 miles that's comparable to a, a tank of gas and he says well what right. happens when you run out of the of electricity are you going to find a charging station so there's we right. still don't have the infrastructure yet but it, we're getting there yeah, there's more more stations at different um, locations that, than you think. But yeah, uh, yeah, I was just wondering about that because it seems like I thought it, I thought you said that Volkswagen was only going to have electric cars or something. Yeah, yeah. One 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 thing to keep in mind is that the electric car, as it comes into uh, use, uh, regular use, is going to have a very high depreciation rate because the technology on the battery is increasing so quickly. So if you buy an electric car today, for example, right now, the Chevy Volt is practically worthless there. It was one of the very first electric cars that came out. And uh, even the Mustang, um, if it's possible uh, for you to look at a late model electric car, buy it used, you defer and avoid a lot of the uh, enormous um, depreciation because you can you can see someone buying a electric car that had a battery with a range of 300 miles and then five years later they have one that has a range of 600 miles people are going to flock to buy the one with a greater range and uh, they uh, uh, you can avoid that by buying a late model used or waiting a little bit you know and buying the next model that comes out Okay. Great. Thanks so much. And Rhonda, you know, it's it's amazing that there are so many uh, drivers out there that just don't realize, you know, that their uh, driving skills affect uh, your car. You know, whether it's electric or whether you just have, uh, you you know, you're filling the tank with gas, uh, and also, uh, you know, compounded by that, you have someone else driving your car. So there's a lot of variables as uh, as far as uh, how how to, how far you can take your electric car or how long it'll take before you have to fill your tank again with gas well i didn't know and 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 with an electric car if you're driving and you turn it off for the night and then you start it again when it's off does it use any charge at all 
Rip. It's still going to use a, a tiny amount because all the computers have got to keep their memories alive. So there's still going to be a, a very tiny amount of electricity being used. Uh, but the interesting thing that I see about them is, like, when you pull up to your home at night, you would automatically want to plug the car right, in right. and let it charge overnight while you're asleep. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. a lot of workplaces, uh, parking parking garages and the like, have special spaces so it's a very good likelihood for some people they would be able to charge the vehicle while they're working at their normal job yeah. for the day. Yeah, that's true. Even some places, restaurants, where you can pull up and while you're inside eating for 45 minutes to an hour, your car is plugged in and charging for free. Yeah, because I always drive from, like, Florida up north, and I wonder how many of the gas stations, like Pilot and them, might have one to charge you can google you can google that they have that information there's a surprising number of charging stations in florida and california they're wall to wall uh it's important no matter where you live to check that out and look at your uh radius of where you go and after a while uh if you stay in your radius you'll know every charging station just like you know every gas station but to take a trip across country you want to plan your route before you uh take off and be sure you're near a charging station and i guarantee there's websites how long does it take to charge it well it varies and again that's technology uh as as we roll along here uh you can quick charge i think you can quick charge a tesla now in about 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes yeah and some of them take like three or four hours so you, you really need to uh decide where you're going to use it what geography you're going to be driving the car and then take into consideration um uh, what you're buying and what that car is going to be worth when you're ready to trade it in and uh, electric cars are going to a brand new electric car is going to appreciate like crazy just have to be prepared to accept that Okay, great. Thanks so much. A, a, a lease might be a better idea than a purchase. Uh, like Tesla has a leasing option, and that way you know exactly where you are. They absorb the depreciation because uh, they get their car back at the end of the lease. Thank you for the uh, discussion on this great topic, a very popular topic. And I'll, I'll give you that text number again so that you can send me your information. Contact information, Thanks. 772 four nine seven six five three zero and please spread the word maybe you have a few female friends who would certainly like to give us a call and join us just to say hello and pick up 50 bucks you're welcome (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen uh we have a great show ahead of us and uh i can't remind you enough about uh I'm having a problem with my Just speech this morning from all that turkey. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Don't forget, you can take advantage of that and remain anonymous. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think we got some text over there. Yeah, we can go to the text if you're ready. Uh, first one came in, says, uh, good morning, Earl. Wisconsin is making an example of, use, of a used car dealer by awarding punitive damages. Lemon Law attorney Vince Magna is taking on a used car dealer for faking prices in the sales contract. The car dealer has admitted to doing this on various occasions in the past. There are more details in the, Mo- the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel story. And he sent, sent a link to the story. 
Well, that's good. That is, yeah. You know, for you folks out there that are, are not lawyers and don't understand punitive damages, um, businessmen worldwide fear punitive damages more than anything else because they're uninsurable. And when you have a big fat cat corporation or a big fat cat car dealer and you sue them and you, and you get awarded $100,000, that's pocket change to these guys. And it doesn't really teach them a lesson. But when you sue somebody for punitive damages, now the punitive damages mean that it was premeditated, that the businessman either knew that he did wrong or should have known that he did wrong. And when you could prove that in court, then you get punitive damages, sometimes even treble, meaning triple uh, the damages that you had. Now that means he's not insured. And uh, whatever you win, it's not going to be coming. It'll be coming out of his pocket, not his insurance company's pocket. And I think I'm glad to hear that because a lot of what goes on with car dealers when they rip you off and the bait and switch advertising and the lies that we see in the mystery shopping reports, they knew about it. It's premeditated. And I wish we could have more punitive damage lawsuits. That's a great deterrent. Yeah. Very scary. Okay. Next text comes in from Anne Marie, longtime texter, listener. Good morning. There were a couple of news stories of dogs driving cars recently. <laughs> this is true. I, I one right something. here in Wellington, I think. I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah well, no, yeah, the first case was in Port St. Lucie. Oh, boy, that's oh, right. The, yeah. The yeah. Chihuahua. <laughs> right. Port St. Lucie, where a dog was doing donuts in the neighborhood cul-de-sac. <laughs> the, car, the car mowed down a mailbox. The second was in Slidell, Louisiana, where a Chihuahua carjacked his owner's car. Backed the car from one gas station across four lanes of traffic and stopped at the gas... The, the, the Chihuahua stopped the car. <laughs> and then stopped at the gas station across the street. Uh, both cars were running and the owner said their cars had issues. Don't know how dogs drove since the driver needs to step on the brake to par- put the car in gear. Very true. And this is... We're talking about a Chihuahua in one, one of the cases. Yeah. Fortunately, neither man nor dog got hurt. Pet owners, if you're going to get out of your vehicle and leave it running while your pet is in the car, please put the parking brake on so your pet doesn't go for a joyride. Unfortunately, Amory, there are less and less cars with parking brakes. I do not believe I've <laughs> driven in a car with a parking brake. Uh, uh, every car has a parking brake. Really? Well, I just yep. don't know where mine is. <laughs> <laughs> pedal, uh, pedal over on the very far left, against, right against the kick panel. I'm checking. I'm checking when I go downstairs. Uh, okay. Uh, please put the parking brake on your car so your car pet doesn't go for a joyride. Your insurance company and pedestrians in the area will thank you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, next text uh, from Rufus. Every year I see car transport trucks delivering Snowbird's cars. Is that cost efficient? It's got to cost a lot of money, and they have to do a round trip. Does that really offset the wear and tear and mileage put on the car if it was driven down from, say, New York? Like I said, from Rufus. It's surprisingly reasonable. I've heard numbers, yeah. uh, 350 bucks or 300 bucks. I mean, yeah. compare it to having someone drive your car down. Yeah, a, a transporter, uh, is, if they have a full load, they can offer a, yeah. a better deal. If you're sending one car uh, with one transporter to New York, it could cost you 800 $1,000 maybe, but if he's got a whole truckload, yeah. you can yeah. And be flexible on the timing, too. Yeah. That way it allows him to collect a, a truckload. Yeah. And it's surprisingly economical. I'm, I'm always amazed. I, I see them all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely saving some money because, first of all, there's a, there's always a risk when you're driving it down. You get some damage on your car. Yeah. You're wearing your tires out and also the depreciation you get from mileage. So it's a, it's actually a pretty smart move. All right. Uh, one more. Uh, 
Thanks for the, thanks for the information. Oh, this is from Vonda. I'm sorry, she was just calling, saying her her contact information. But oh, okay. she's thanking us for the info on electric cars. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you for welcome. calling, Vonda. Thank you, Vonda. We'll have your fifty bucks out to you, uh, ASAP. All right, we're t- we're caught up for now. Yeah, okay. on YouTube. I've got a really interesting one here that just came in from Donovan. I uh, says Earl, I followed your advice and purchased the car I messaged about two weeks ago, but. Uh, he says, I also got out of the dealer fee. He nice. says, was very happy, but I found out later that the key remote was missing the key blade, you know, the little mechanical yeah. key that comes yeah. in it. The dealer I purchased the car from won't help me. What can I do? <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you, it's amazing. I, when you say the dealer, uh, I'm thinking you probably didn't talk to the owner of the dealership. Um, if you did, shame on him uh, or the general manager. Uh, oftentimes, the lower echelon doesn't want to, don't want to be bothered with um, you know helping the customer after the sale. You know, once you buy the car, get out of here. And uh, I don't get a commission for finding you a insert for your remote. I'd go up the line as high as I could. I try to get hold hold of the owner and at least the general manager. And if all that failed, I'd call the 800 number to the manufacturer. That'll get their attention. The manufacturer will contact the owner, and the owner will see that it gets taken care of. Uh, I'm, uh, it's just stupid when you hear things like that. Yeah. Especially something like that, those little key blanks. Yeah. that Cost nothing. Even, even a, a laser-cut version yeah. is like 40 or $50 at the most. Yeah, $300, $400 for the remote, but that's just a... Right. Piece of steel. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Do we have any more YouTubes? Uh, we're caught up at the moment. Okay, okay. Let me jump in here. Josephine has a uh, text, and uh, it's an interesting one. It's uh, asked uh, so often uh, for the ladies, and that is she wants to know if it's a safe place to purchase a vehicle online. Um, it's not only a safe place where you can remain anonymous, uh, but uh, you're going to get a pretty good deal rather than go into the dealership uh, as far as paying you know, a reasonable price for a vehicle. And now I'll turn this over to the recovering car dealer. I know he's got a lot to add to that. Yeah, Joseph, you know, online buying has become almost the only place that you should buy a car, and it's because of your vast expanded ability to get competitive pricing and your vast lack of harassment. You can really, as Nancy said, you can keep your privacy by using a a different email address that reaches you but not your regular email address, free email address. And you don't have to give me your real phone number. So you can really have total anonymity. And you can talk to three dealerships or 30 dealerships. Uh, not literally talk, but you can communicate. And out of those X number of dealerships, you will get some decent prices. And you don't really have to go in to the physical facility and to the actual dealership until you've got your pricing information decided on the car you want. You're basically going in there to test drive the car and to be sure that the deal is legitimate. But uh, you save a lot of shoe leather, a lot of gasoline driving around and getting harassed. So it's a great way to buy a car. Yeah, absolutely. And a little less haggling. And a great, great place to go, Josephine. So you're right on it. Stay in touch with us and let us know how your transaction went. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Lines are lit up again. 
And we are going to go to John in West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, hi. Hi. Um, I'm going to be, hello. I'm going to be turning in a a Honda on the lease. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how to protect myself. Uh, I know that my wife is getting a little bit uh, antsy about it. And uh, I've had my oil changed at Honda when they sent me a coupon, but I usually use Jiffy Lube because I can get a coupon mm-hmm. and get it for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Do I need to bring in all the receipts from Jiffy Lube? I, I, I'm, I tend to lose things, and I may not have them all. I'm going to go again today to go get the oil changed mm-hmm. because the, the wrench light is on. And I'm just wondering, uh, should I ask them for a... Uh, a history of uh, my oil changes with them. I, I mean, is that necessary or no? The, you know, when, in turning in this lease, the lease companies, leasing companies, don't ask for proof of maintenance or repair or anything else. They just inspect your car physically. Now, if you had a problem that uh, may have been related to oil, uh, <clears throat> that would be good to have the receipts. But if you don't have a problem, and apparently you don't, and you you would rarely have a problem in a lease car because what you're talking three or four years, uh, all you need to worry about is the physical presence of your car. The if you had any paint work done, is it done properly? Um, do you have enough tread on your tires? Uh, do you have any dings, dents, or any stains on your upholstery? What's your mileage? Uh, and the way to protect yourself is to be present when they inspect the car. There should be an official form from the leasing company, and you should sign off on that. You should have your smartphone camera with you, take pictures of the car to be sure that the dent in the door was there when you turned it in. Uh, Make a note of the odometer mileage. You can take a picture of that, too, to be sure a salesman doesn't take your car at the dealership and drive it for 10,000 miles before they turn it into the leasing company. And uh, same thing goes with the interior of the car. But once you've agreed with the actual condition, it's locked in and you're protected from any um, charges after the fact. Okay, very good. Uh, so, and when I turn it in, take the pictures, go have the car detailed before I turn it in. And yeah. uh, my wife ended up buying that, uh, some type of armor guard insurance thing where they take care of uh, little things, dents, mm-hmm. and rims and stuff like that so i got to give them a call and i think we got one little door thing yeah like a pinhole type if you read the fine print on your lease they define what normal wear and tear is excuse me and uh you don't be careful when you're trying to touch up or repair something um sometimes you're you're drawing attention to something that might not even be noticeable or, or, or fall on with, under the radar. Uh, we see it in our body shop, full disclosure, I am a recovering car dealer. I have a car dealership. And our body shop will see instances where people will have tried to fix something on their car and they actually made it worse. Yeah, like so, bad touch-up pain. Or bad touch-up yeah. pain or something mm. like that. So. I, I wouldn't even fool with that. Uh, it's, it'd be, I think maybe just a car wash, uh, uh, do a um, clean up inside and outside. Yeah. Car would look nicer, probably psychologically less likely to, to draw attention to anything. Yeah, Stu, yeah, yeah the leasing companies will use like a third party inspecting inspection service, and you should, you'll get a head up, uh, heads up ahead of time before you turn it in. As long as you take advantage of that, if you just turn it in, drop it off at the dealership, then you're kind of at their mercy. But if you get that first inspection, they'll let you know yeah, you, this this needs to be addressed. You can ignore this, and so you get a good idea. Oh, I think I think we got something like that in my in the mail. It said uh, it was some type of uh, 
postcard saying your lease is up in, in yeah. such amount of time. Bring it in, and we can check it out, or so, bring it in for inspection, or something. Just like that. make sure that actually came from Honda American Credit, <laughs> and not okay, Sam's so Body Shop. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Very good. Thanks for the thanks call, for John. Bill. Stay in touch. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, thanks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a moment to thank you. Boy, I'll tell you, if you're listening, the calls are coming in one at a time and very smooth operation. And it is a busy weekend, and I'm just so happy that you're taking a moment to listen to Earl Stewart on Cars because, as you well know, the information here is priceless, literally priceless. It is just free information so thank you we're going to go straight to frank from jupiter farms good morning frank good morning good morning welcome well good morning i was um i got this is not exactly car stuff yesterday i had the pleasure of being um in a parking lot on indian town road and i see a man and a woman coming across the street he opens her door and she sits down in the car he closes the door and starts walking around and I go, boy, that looks like Earl Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, it was. We said hi. You got a very nice haircut, by the way. Oh, thank but you. how refreshing, how, how to see uh, that Chevrolet still in this day and age. It, it took me back like oh, 40 years. You know, that's because that's I'm an old guy, Frank. And, you know, uh, it's funny. When we grew up, uh, I, I assume you're somewhere around my age. But, uh, you know, we were taught to uh, pull out the chair for the ladies and uh, open the door and take our hats off in the elevator. To this day, people look at me strange. I get in an elevator and I take, if I'm wearing a cap, I take my cap off. It's just reflex action, which nobody else does it. And it, really, there's no reason for it, but it was just taught as I grew up. So, uh, yeah, yes. now, I, I am of that generation. I still do. And I thought I was the only one until yesterday. <laughs> and I go, it was so refreshing to see a well, thank gentleman. You. But um, that's it. It's short and to the sweet. You got Thanks, a great Frank. show. And that also means that also means that Nancy and I were getting along at that time because if if we'd have had an argument, she'd have to open her own damn door. <laughs> very good. Very. You good. would have seen me. You would have seen a beatdown in the, the parking lot. That's where I take and I jump on Earl, and I I punch him like I only need to punch him two yeah. or three times, and she, then he comes to his senses. She's Sicilian, Frank. So you got to be careful. Oh, anyway, okay. you know, oh, yeah. Frank. On a more serious uh, note, uh, I do have to bring out uh, this on the Millennials at Gen X. I'll tell you what, you know, I see more of uh, these this younger generation doing exactly what Earl was just speaking of. And by the way, Earl isn't really that old and neither am I. We're both just about the same age. But it's just so refreshing to see that, that chivalry. And uh, I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Thank you so much for the phone call. Oh, no problem. One quick last thing. The other day, um, I was at a doctor's office. I'm going to have um, a knee replacement. And there was about 20 different people in the waiting room, mm. all scattered around. Every single person is on a cell phone. Yeah. I think I was the only one that did not have a cell phone in my hand. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, sometimes we just lose control, you know. And, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, if you just stop and enjoy the moment and just uh, put the phone down, there you go. Put it right. down. Well, have, a, have a great day. I thank you for taking the call. And, thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you, Frank. Hope to see you again. Yes, uh, we're going to go straight to, boy, I'll tell you what, the calls are just coming yeah. in. 
And we're going to go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. I have a question for Earl. Uh, last week I mentioned the Ford Total Electric. Ford, we all know, is for years number one selling truck. Um, Mustang, hotter than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, in August uh, 2018, they, they celebrated $500 million. I repeat, $500 million at their Flat Rock, Michigan plant. That's compared to in 204, the 40th anniversary was $300 million. I could go on and on. For 24-odd years, Mercury in Florida was the number one selling full-size American cars. Yeah. But my question is, I can name dealers, especially in South Florida, that are number one, like Arrigo. Nobody's bigger than him with uh, Chrysler, mm-hmm. uh, Dodge, BMW, um, Lexus. He's the biggest in the world. Yeah, Berman, yeah. Arthur, Volkswagen down in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. But I can't name any number one or large Ford dealer in the entire state. Mm. Why is that, Earl? I mean, even a dealer like in Lake Park years ago, it was uh, Bev Smith Ford, mm-hmm. and he sold it to Molnix yeah. uh, after he expanded the place. It seems when I go in the Midwest or I go to California, the largest dealers in, in, in some of these large, the small cities are Ford, mm-hmm. but yet not down here in Florida. What do you believe the reason that they don't want to make investment in a large Ford dealership? You know, I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting question. It's something that I never thought about. You know, we have a friend, uh, Stu and I, that has a Ford dealership in uh, Lake Worth. That's uh, Wayne Acres Ford. Les Acres owns that. Uh, um, we know the Mullinex people, and I know... I know a lot of Ford dealers. I don't know why we don't have an aggressive, uh, hotshot kind of a uh, number one in the area. I don't think it's the product so much. And when you think the F-150, I mean, talk about a leg up. If you get a Ford dealership, you automatically get the number one selling vehicle in the world. And why there aren't any huge volume Ford dealers um, in Florida is a great question. I'm going to... I'd like to give you an answer. I'm just I'm scratching my head. Uh, Toyota, Honda. There's you know giant as you said a Chrysler Jeep with a Rigo, uh, and, and Bayman. You know the luxury cars have a leg up um, in South Florida because it's a very affluent area. But I can't answer the Ford question. Uh, anybody got an idea? I'm, I'm drawn well, a blank. Why it's a mystery <laughs> to me. It, it seems I grew up in New York City. Spent 50-some-odd years, and even in Manhattan itself, I remember Potemkin, number one, you know, Cadillac dealer, and I don't remember, except for the suburbs mm-hmm. on the outside, and even he had problems. When you went over the city line, there was a dealer called Mineola Ford. It was owned directly by Ford, mm-hmm. and it went under twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it seems like a mystery, and specifically, I don't know whether it's the bigger cities or exactly what it is, but with number one selling cars, and, and there's a deal that, that really puzzles me that when I used to be a snowbird coming back to Florida, uh, Palm Beach, Lincoln, Mercury, all of a sudden it disappeared. Any idea whatever happened to that? Yeah, that was owned by Bob Quillo, and um, I think uh, uh, the Lincoln was taken over, his Lincoln franchise was, ta- it was taken over by uh, Al Packer. And uh, 
And as far as the, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what happened. Pop meets Lincoln Mercury. And Mercury disappeared. So that's what it was. Uh, the, the Lincoln went to Al Packer and the Mercury disappeared. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Al Packer. Okay. But it, it's a mystery and it, it really remains not known why there shouldn't be a tremendous uh, somewhere in the state of Florida. Yeah. You know, uh, like you see in the Midwest, my God. They are number one in size, too. Yeah. But today, it, it's not the same. John, I'm going to think about that, scratch my head, do some Googling, and maybe next week I'll come up with something. I will say this, though, that uh, Ford today uh, is probably the shakiest of the auto manufacturers financially. And uh, they haven't really um, made the leap uh, to electric or autonomous and the software. And there's a lot of trouble with Ford uh, right now, the stock is is really tanking, and I think that might be that people are would be afraid to buy a Ford franchise today. However, doesn't answer the question why they didn't jump in 10, 20 years ago, and why aren't any, there are no giant Ford dealers in Florida that I know of. Yes, well, we'll think about it. I'll tell you next week. Either that or I'll say. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, guys. I'm thank looking you, John. forward to the report. Thank, right, you. thank you so much, John. Dealers. Stay, thanks for staying in touch with us. And I have a text uh, message, and I'm finding it uh, somewhat humorous. Uh, but uh, first, I'll, uh, ask the, I'll repeat the text. And uh, Tony, uh, which I think is my cousin, because uh, it's from Pittsburgh. Tony. And, is he uh, Italian? And listen... <laughs> This is hysterical. If anyone saw The Irishman, uh, uh, there's a there's a little part in The Irishman where <laughs> they ask, "Is everyone in your family named Tony? Who are you talking about? Tony who? Tony Tony? What's Tony? Tony, Tony one? Tony two? Tony three? And it was uh, hysterical. You get a chance to watch The Irishman; yeah. it'll amuse you. Anyway, back to Tony. Uh, he uh, was interested in a question he was asked the other day as to whether he would get a better deal. Uh, this past uh, Black Friday or uh, Cyber Monday in purchasing a vehicle. Earl? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tony, uh, there's some things you really got to be careful for. As many deals that they're advertising right now, that is a, the exact time for you to be taken advantage of and taken advantage of with add-ons and so many other things. Buyer beware. Yeah, it's a bad time, really, to buy a car because I think that uh, the distortions and exaggerations and the deceptions maximize on something like uh, Black Friday and uh, any holiday car dealers as this was uh, in the mystery shopping report we'll get into later talking about just ignore advertising by car dealers just ignore it especially the, the Black Friday thing because there actually are some good deals that you can get on Black Friday and if you go online to Amazon, you're careful. Yeah. You, see, you always have to be careful. But there's some legitimate good prices. Uh, don't let you don't 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 fall into the trap to think that car dealers will do it. They won't. They make more money on Good Friday per car yeah. than they do any other day. You know, they make more money on all sales, yeah. uh, as far as that's concerned. You know, I was reading where they have the flat screen TV. I mean, there were people that were in line. They were giving them away. But I'm not sure who did the research because it was outdated in so many other things. So you can certainly be taken advantage of on Cyber Monday or Black Friday. So, again, buyer beware. 877-960-9960. 
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Okay. They're rolling in. (laughs) They're rolling in. And we got um, comments coming in on youranonymousfeedback.com. So we want to remind everybody that's another way to get in touch with the show and get answers to your questions, especially if you're feeling shy and you don't want to give up your phone number. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. I hope that came out clear. It did. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, Earl, what was the dash cam you recommended? Other than being a novelty, what is the purpose of installing installing a camera in your car? Are there legal privacy issues? Don't you record license plate numbers from other cars on the road? And what about people who don't want to be filmed? Uh, the owl, O-W-Hoo-Hoo, owl is the name, brand name of the uh, dash cam I have. I love it. And uh, it's technologically perfect. It does what it's supposed to do. And it uh, is... To me, it's one of my most important accessories in my car now. It tells you if someone is walking around your car. uh, When we leave the studio, when we go out to get in the car, uh, if Stu walks in front of my car, I get alert on my Apple Watch that there's movement around my car, and and there's Stu's pretty face on my Apple Watch. So it's really cool. And, (laughs) And if you're on the highway and you're driving along and you see an incident, you verbally say this. Okay, presto. When you say okay, presto, then your dash cam freezes the instant and video for 20 seconds. It does 10 seconds um, before you said okay, presto, and then you say, how do it do that? Well, it just rewinds the tape uh, digitally. Yeah, it records in a loop. Yeah, in a loop. And then it takes the next 10 seconds. So uh, if you see an accident, if you see something that you would want to report to the police, or it's important you want to remember, uh, it will capture all that information. Or a beautiful sunset. Yeah. When you uh, have your car valet parked or anybody's driving your car and you want to see what's going on in your car. The other day, Nancy and I were in Clementa Street. We had lunch. And we had our car valet parked. And uh, we went there and waited for the car. And so I wanted to see where my car was. I looked on my iPhone and I saw the valet parker's pretty face smiling, driving my car carefully out of the parking garage, bringing it down to see me. So that's the kind of stuff that I love and I highly recommend them. Rick? As for the legal aspect of it, this is something I I personally did a lot of research on. I wonder why. uh, Because I've had a dash cam for quite a few years and I am big into photos, photography and videography. Uh, If you, by Florida State statutes, if you are out in public in a place where it is reasonable that any other person can see and hear you, then you have no legal right to privacy to be recorded for video and audio purposes. So if you're if you're walking out around in public, you're going to be videotaped somewhere, recorded somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. If, you wanna, if you want to bring your car in, cameras everywhere. If you want to bring your car into a uh, service department or car dealership for repair, uh, you will have full recording of whoever drove your car, road tested it, what they did to your car, what they didn't do to your car, if they turned on the radio, if they had some friends in the car, if they took it home Saturday you're night very, and took, a, took their girl out on a date in your car, you get all that information. And uh, it's amazing how people are not aware of yeah. the 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 cams. Uh, you think with a thing sticking on the dash, looking at you, if you got in the car, people would be aware of it. But p- 
people just yeah. take cans. They don't see them. Yeah, I think the rule of thumb where Rick was going, like if you're in your home, nobody has a right to videotape you inside your ha- your right. house. But when you once you walk out your door, you don't have a reasonable yeah. expectation of privacy. You're out in the world. But if it's your video cam in your home, yeah, you have, have the right to video somebody oh, else sure. in your home. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Visitor beware. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great topic, ladies. We have a lot and, more text over there. <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. We are going to go to Miami. Where we have a young lady, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, everybody, pack up. We're headed out. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, I believe, but the, this uh, caller's been holding for quite a while. Good morning. Welcome. Good, good morning. How are you? Very good. It's nice to hear from you. I didn't catch the name. Thank you. Thank you. Aziz. Aziz, welcome to the show. Yeah, I, I watch the show uh, basically. Uh, well, not, not every sometime when I have time, you know, to watch it. So sometime I work, you know, uh, Saturday. Uh-huh. But uh, overall, you know, I watch it even. Oh, you you listen watch. to the show every Saturday? I listen to the show all the time. Uh, oh, thanks for calling. Does, does your dealership offer a powertrain lifetime warranty on the motor transmission and the suspension? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah our, our dealership, like in full disclosure, we have a dealership. Uh, we do offer a lifetime powertrain warranty. Okay, because I went to a, a South date and I get a quote for a Highlander XLE, uh, front wheel drive, and I get a quote uh, for, uh, with my trade, I have a Honda Odyssey 2010, but it has a lot of miles, 186. They gave it for my trade. Uh, $3,700, and uh, at a door price, I have it for a door price, and they put me for $3,400 uh, on the door price. Is that good or bad or what? Um, I don't know. <laughs> i got, I got to look that up. Um, it sounds like it's in the ballpark, but yeah. I, I can't. And we don't sell cars on this radio show, but yeah. if you want to contact uh, us after the show, yeah. we'll be glad to give you our lowest price. And then you can shop and compare it with the uh, Toyota dealers in Miami. Uh, we'll give you our lowest price on that car. But once you do this, why don't you text uh, Stu Stewart, and his okay. his telephone number is area code five six one six three five one three four nine. That's the first time you read that on the air. Or you could do seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. It goes right to me. Look out. <laughs> And we'll give you we'll give you the price. We don't like to sell cars uh, at our dealership on the show because we don't want to be taken as an infomercial. We're a consumer advocacy yeah. show to help consumers buy. But you know, I, I can't say no to a customer, but we have to do it after the show. Yeah, but I went I went to Kendall and they they quote me for thirty four, but I, I pushed it. I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I want for thirty two. You know, at the door with my trade, and they said no. So well, I then went to South South State and I told them that uh, they gave me thirty four uh, at the door price with my trade in, and uh, they said, "Well, uh, we cut in half. You know, uh, we give it to you for thirty three four hundred if you buy it today." So I said, "Well, give me go, home and I talk to my wife and I will call you." But you're doing the right thing, getting different quotes from different dealers. That's the best yeah. way to get the best deal. And uh, so keep doing what you're doing. And if you want to contact me after the show, I'll, 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 get, I'll give you my best shot. 
And easy, uh, the a great, uh, you know, great way to uh, do your research. Uh, you, you know, you have the power of the internet, and also, uh, let me give you this: Erlon Cars, and you can go there and you can read a whole lot of his columns on advice with all this competition that's out out there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you very much. Thanks, Aziz. You're welcome. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. We're going to go back to Stu, I believe. I have a comment I just want to make regarding that last call, and uh, we have uh, the question that was asked by this person in Miami that is uh, thinking about buying a new Toyota. If our Toyota dealership that we have offers a, a lifetime powertrain warranty, and we do. And uh, now I have to get into something I don't like to get into because it involves my business, but I have to do it to be totally transparent and honest. Uh, the reason that we offer the free lifetime warranty is because we, we did a marketing survey one time a couple of years ago, and uh, we asked of different uh, features and benefits and things that car dealers did that the buyers considered the most important. And we were shocked to find that free lifetime warranties on powertrains were one of the most uh, critically concerned uh, th- things about a car dealership. Yeah, most desired, like desired. highest value, yeah. perceived value. And we're, the reason we're shocked is because lifetime uh, powertrain warranties are not worth much. They're, uh, the powertrain are the lubricated components of a car. And it's the engine, the drive shafts, and the rear axle, and the, the block, and all the lubricated components. Transmission. Of a, transmission uh, of a car. When you take care of a car according to the owner's manual, and the car is the oil change regularly, you don't have any uh, problems with your powertrain, especially today. They last and last and last. So the cost of a powertrain warranty, if you go to the wholesale supplier, and there are a number of these that sell these powertrain warranties, a, a piece of paper, and they and they sell it to the dealer, and the dealer sells it or gives it away. Uh, and giving it away is about all that's worthwhile. Uh, I don't like the fact that we do have to do this, but when our competition out there says free lifetime powertrain warranty, and they're advertising this on television, we made the decision, well, it doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. Let's give it away anyway. So. Uh, if you're still listening, the gentleman that called, the free powertrain warranty, anybody will give you a free powertrain warranty because it's worthless. Yeah. Okay. Costs under 100 bucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's one I, uh, about the dealership. Good morning. I was at your dealership a week ago or so and saw five or six Supras inside and just outside your showroom. I assume for sale. I thought these cars were in short supply and selling with large premiums. Is the supply already exceeding the demand? I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I was not really impressed with this design. Love Toyotas and love your show. And that's from Everett. And that's a great question. Yeah. I'll take it if you'd like. You take it. You were talking about it just the other day. I was. Uh, yeah, at one point when the Supras first came out, this is the 2020 brand new Supra. People have been waiting for it for over 20 years. Um, they came out in July, and every dealer in the country got one or two. And uh, they started selling them for a large premium over MSRP. The MSRP is about fifty-five, fifty-six thousand dollars, and some dealers. We talked about it on the show. We're selling it for one hundred fifty thousand. I think there was somebody close to two hundred thousand, and people were getting this price. The and first Supra that came off the assembly line 
John Sloopy bought for $1.2 million. Correct. So, yeah, that's pretty insane. So, and, and these dealers were getting it. The, the answer to your question is they have completely cooled off now. And uh, we've had, we had some orders and they, and they, they canceled and uh, not, well, I won't even get into our policy, but the fact of the matter is dealers are giving, well, not selling them, they're giving them to other dealers right now. So we've taken a few in on trade and uh, yeah, so exactly, the, the, the excitement has worn off, uh, the, the, the honeymoon period is over. So um, I'm not saying you should be able to go to a Doherty dealership somewhere in the country and get it for MSRP or less, but you got, uh, a lot likelier than you would have a couple of months the ago. The Supra was a flop, and it's a shame. I mean, uh, in full transparency, as I say over and over again, uh, I am a Toyota dealer, and we were very excited about this vehicle. By the way, the car drives great. It's a, a lot of fun. It's yeah, a great well-made car. car. It's just a design, I think. I'm not sure what, but... Uh, uh, competitively speaking, it's a flop, and uh, they're selling below MSRP now. Uh, people that bought them from us early, I feel bad, but my conscience is clear because we sold them for less than anybody else yeah, yeah. at manufacturer suggested retail. I think everybody who really, really wanted one got, and got it already. They were on waiting lists yeah. all around the country, and the cars came in, they got them, and that was pretty much the, uh, the market right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, car gurus is advertising a lot on TV. Uh, they claim to tell you if the price is good. Is that reliable? How can I know if they are accurate? I'm not sure how car gurus gets their data. It's probably accurate. Uh, we'll check this out for you. No, no, think? no, no. I, ha I have an opinion on it. Okay. Um, well, uh, car gurus will rate the price that the dealer um, submits to them, and they'll compare it to all the other prices that are listed in cargurus.com. Um, and they'll tell you if it's a great price, an average price, a fair price, and so on. And they color code it. And they show that. On, I've seen that on the TV, on the commercial. There's like a, you know, green's a great price. Mm -hmm. Yellow is, an, is a fair price. Um, one thing that I know that they don't do, they do not factor in the dealer fee. So oh. um, CarGurus is a source like any other source. Yeah. So if you want to price a car out, go on the CarGurus. But s still follow the advice we give you on the show and go to other sources. You, you can't rely on one source. Uh, try TrueCar.com, yeah, um, Costco true, Auto. TrueCar's bill curve is it'll really give you a good general <laughs> idea. And TrueCar, unlike any other source, third-party third buying source, they are tapped into the car dealer's computer. And they can look into a market area, and if you're buying a Honda Civic in Palm Beach County, they'll go into Palm Beach County, and they'll look at every Honda Civic transaction with the car dealers that they have uh, subscribed that are certified true car dealers yeah. and they'll put that information on a bell curve and the, on top of the curve is the average price on the lower left is the lowest price transaction that could be one car it might be a hell of a deal it could be below invoice or some really really good and then on the right uh, is the highest price the poor sucker that got deceived and tricked and paid a thousand dollars over a sticker so whatever year make model car you want to buy, you go to True Car, check out the bell curve. It'll give you a good general idea. You want to be on the. You don't want to be on the right of the bell curve. You want to be looking for a price on the left. You're not going to get the one on the far left, but get one somewhere between the top and the far left. Stay to the left of the hump. Yes. Now I'm not trying to pick on car gurus. Like there's no online site really other than True Car um, that really spells out the amount of dealer fees you might be facing. So you know, Auto Trader, everything else, they don't 
they don't highlight the dealer fee. So um, the only thing that I think that you need to be aware of, don't take as gospel the the rating, you know, great price, fair price on that. And Stu's using the word dealer fees. I'm trying, we're both of us trying to think in terms of hidden fees. A dealer fee has become such a generic term that car dealers have mostly stopped naming their hidden fees, dealer right. fees. So we actually have seen advertisements of car dealers saying, no dealer fee. Right. And they don't have a fee called a dealer fee. They have hidden fees called everything but a dealer fee. Documentation. And it's just, that's the trickery and the, and the treachery and the deception of car dealers. They, they actually turn a negative into a positive. Yeah. I had a sales manager from a Toyota dealership on the West Coast. And I was on my Facebook page, and he came on and said, we don't charge a dealer fee uh, at this particular dealership. Sun Toyota? Yeah. Yeah. Sun Toyota doesn't charge a dealer fee. And I said, well, send me a copy of your vehicle buyer's order. And he was dumb enough to send it to me. And I looked at it. Wrong guy to send it to. And yeah, and, and he has a hidden fee. Yeah. But it's not called a dealer fee. And he's advertising no dealer fee. He's telling the truth. Yeah. True car, by the way, does require that no hidden fees, the way they, they refer to them is government, they have to be government fees. No non-government fees or dealer installed accessories can be included in the true car price. So if the dealer's honest and he goes along with the requirements of a certified true car dealer, you will get one without the hidden fees. Okay. Okay, uh, next one. I am told that people who put a ton of miles on their car leasing is a terrible idea. I drive maybe 8,000 miles a year. Uh, does, this, th- does this mean I'm a good candidate for leasing? You know, I'm gonna ask Rick, he, when we came in the studio this morning, Rick says, you're not gonna believe this. He says, I can't verify it, but I found this, uh, this uh, information on the internet. <laughs> on reddit.com, a, a person had anonymously posted this picture that showed where a person who had leased a car had driven 130,000 miles over what their lease allowed, and they had a charge when they went to turn that car back in just recently. They had a charge. This was the actual form, a picture of the form with all the personal data removed, of course. Looks legitimate. Over $32,000 of a fee for over mileage. Can you imagine that? More than the cost of the car. Sit down. <laughs> you know, if that's true, uh, and it might be, uh, his only option would be to exercise his option to purchase the car. Yeah. And uh, he'd be cheaper to buy the car than to pay the mileage overage fee. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show. And uh, definitely, there has to have been some, if it's true, there was some deception involved in that lease. Yeah. yeah. Well, I probably didn't know he was leasing. But you have to be careful. Uh, our mystery shopping report, coincidentally, involves a an understated mileage allowance. Remember, uh, leasing companies can can offer you any amount of mileage they want. They can give you 20,000 miles a year, 15, 10. I've seen lease advertisements with 5,000 miles a year. And uh, and you don't talk about it. It's in the fine print. Uh, it's not part of the conversation. So you really have to know what your driving habits are, your mileage amount that you need. And you need to ask that question because the charge per mile can be as much as 50 cents. The one that I saw that sticks in my brain was an advertisement for a luxury car dealer, Delray, name escapes me. And 
the um, penalty was 50 cents a mile and the wow. mileage allowance was 5,000 miles. Hmm. Yeah, that's... So deliberately premeditated. Punitive damages if someone had gone after that guy. Danger. All right. Oh, here's a good one. Everything's in a theme today. We got leasing. We got Black Friday. Yeah. Nice. I paid more for my Maxima last year on Black Friday than my son did the week before. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, that's not, not funny. That's, yeah. But it's very, that's just true. It, it kind of goes to what you've said all along. They, they, they say it's a Black Friday sale, but nothing changes. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're buying something on Amazon or an item that was priced. You can clearly see the price, yeah. and then it's 30% off on Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I got my, my ring cam was like that. Yeah. Do you, do you know what, where the term Black Friday, is? what that is supposed to mean uh-huh profit it's the day folks this is this is what that definition is black friday is the day that most retailers typically begin showing a profit for the year and that is they're going into black ink instead of the red ink that they were in before you're giving away the mystery shopping report <laughs> <laughs> and you have to you have to remember folks that car salespeople and car sales managers are paid a percent of the profit they make. Now, if you're having a sale, what, and you're, it's a legitimate sale, what are you doing? You're reducing the amount of profit that you're making on the car. So right away, you have an adversarial relationship. If the sale were legitimate, the salespeople are very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Because if you slash the price on a car, that you nor- the, the price you normally sell it for, then the salesperson's commission is being slashed. That's how he feeds his family. He gets 25% of the profit he makes on the car. If they discount that car by $5,000, then that means that he's being he's losing 25% of the $5,000. He's losing $1,250 in pocket in his pocket and he doesn't like that. So he's either going to switch you to another car and tell you it's a better deal or he's going to tell you that car's already sold. It's not going to happen, folks. You're not going to get that great deal. www.itain'tgonnahappen.com. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> On www.youranonymousfeedback.com, we have three uh, three questions or, or comments. Um, I think they, they, it's possible they're all from the same person, <laughs> so we'll see here. First one says, and oh, they're all attacks on you, by the way, so this is, you'll oh, enjoy boy. these, yeah. Let it roll. Yeah. I love attacks. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you like to play games. Raise prices just to lower them for negotiating buyers. You could not play the games at all and just explain the business. I realize you are speaking hypothetically, but just for entertaining the idea as a joke makes you as bad as the other blank dealers, blank hole dealers, Earl Stewart, Toyota, no thank you. You run a blank business. <laughs> okay. A lot of blanks in there. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, I, I, how do I respond? I don't know. I just, we, we read everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's read it again. Go ahead. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you like to play games, raise prices just to lower them for negotiating buyers. We, See, can, we, we can unpack this one sentence at a time. Yeah. <laughs> we raise prices just to lower them. For negotiation, we see that's the point. Now that puzzles me. Is we we put our lowest price on every car we sell, and we won't lower a price no matter what. So if you came in and asked us to lower the price of our lowest price by one dollar, right. the word track is, "I'm sorry, sir. Uh, this would this would destroy our credibility and our transparency, and honesty. That if the uh, the president of the United States or the governor of the state of Florida walked in or any dignitary came in and asked 
for a, a lower price, we wouldn't lower it. If we lowered it for you, uh, we would be dishonest to all of our other customers that we wouldn't lower. So I know. You, well, you, the, the, the anonymous uh, feedback uh, prior to that was upset that we wouldn't lower the price for them. So. Wouldn't lower it. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, that was no it was from last week. That oh, was the okay, last yeah. week he came in. So uh, yeah. anyway. All right, so uh, next sentence. Uh, you could not play the games at all and just explain the business. Uh, okay. I realize you are speaking hypothetically, but just for entertaining the idea as a joke makes you just as bad as the other blank, blank dealers. No. Okay. Well, see, that's the reason we have anonymous, because people, people <laughs> can say on. really <laughs> stupid things, and we don't know who they are. And I wouldn't say that if the, he'd given you your name. I wouldn't call anybody stupid, but I'm just saying. The, the, Fair game. Anonymous. The common makes no sense. Right. So, uh, I think it's somebody's just, it was kind of a cathartic thing. There's maybe angry at all. It is, and it opens the, it opens the uh, pathway for people that want to say things that they yeah. be afraid to say and be identified. Because that man would never say, I'm assuming it's a man, because men say dumber things, I think, than women. Right, also I just want to remind everybody, this is the recovering car dealer. No one yeah. has ever truly recovered. And, you know, we have thick skins. I mean, there's absolutely no reason for us to be upset that people lump us in with other car yeah. dealers, because yeah. that's, that's the world we're in. It's okay. Yeah. All right, the next one. Earl, uh, what is the closing rate at your dealership? I know you or your team track this. How much money have you lost by taking on Takata airbag afflicted or other dangerous recall uh, affected cars, but not selling them? With that loss, how have you come up with the money to give the dealership the lavish face, a lavish facelift that it recently received? How many importers are there in the USA? Is an importer responsible for a certain brand or can they work with multiple brands? Who makes the decision on which area of the country the dealership receives what mix of cars? I'm sorry, Anonymous, you're only, you only get one question. <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't taking notes. Just start with the first question. Oh, yeah, let's do it that way. Um, Earl, what is the closing rate at your dealership? Okay. We don't really know exactly what our closing rate is. This will make Stu ruffle his feathers a little bit because uh -oh. he's a general manager. But uh, the closing rate for those folks who don't know <laughs> what it is, it is the percentage of people that you sell a car to who come into your dealership, and uh, either online or physically. And a lot, there's a round number people use it. You, you close uh, 20%, one out of five. Uh, we have a computerized system, and so we... We think that our closing ratio is somewhere between 30 and 40 percent. Uh, when we mystery shop our own our own dealership, uh, we find out that people come in to look at cars, but the salespeople don't register them, and the sales manager doesn't know that they were there. Never so, happens. And that and says it's very defensive. That never happens, but it does. Anyway. Uh, uh, a really good closing ratio at an average dealership is about one out of five. Uh, a, a great one would be, uh, you know, like thirty percent, thirty-five percent, and uh, that's my answer to that question. All right, the next question: um, How much money have you lost by taking on Takata airbag afflicted or other dangerous recall affected cars, but not selling them? Okay, how much money have I lost by taking on the Takata issue? I, I know uh, that. <laughs> The uh, I can tell you about how much I've spent, about a million dollars. Yeah, uh, about a million dollars. It cost our cost was in terms of depreciation of the Dakota cars that we set on the lot and would not sell until we could fix the airbag. Uh, we also took another hit last week 
in a lawsuit I had against uh, Rigo um, because he was selling cars with dangerous airbags, and we we sued Rigo, and we went and we lost, and then we went to the Fourth District Court of Appeals, and we lost, and our attorneys, uh, Jack Scarola, Scarola, Barnhart and Chipley, a uh, great group of guys, mm-hmm. uh, if you like lawyers, and. Uh, uh, they thought it was pointless to take it any further, and so we had to pay Arrigo's attorney's fees, which were $220. So, Jim Arrigo, oh, John Arrigo. $220,000. What did I say? Dollars. $220. Yeah, $220,000 <laughs> that we paid to Arrigo, and then he paid to his attorneys because right. we had to pay his attorney's fees. So, so you add all that together, our cost on the Takati airbag so far has been about a million dollars. I like to think that we probably have... Uh, profited somewhat because we have identified ourselves as being a dealer that will not sell you a car with a defective. And we have profited spiritually by not killing people. And, yeah, exactly. I, I was going to exactly. add that you yeah. know, to our uh, last text or the uh, anonymous feedback. Uh, this is uh, this is how we do business, and we do separate ourselves, you know, uh, from the others that you Next were talking negative. Okay. Um, it's a follow-up to the last question. With that loss, how have you come up with the money to give the dealership a lavish facelift? The lavish facelift it recently received. Well, Borrowed it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know we we've been in business for forty-seven years. We we have a lot of money, and uh, we're fortunate. We've been successful, and we have a lot of repeat business, and you make a profit. And, and we have good credit. Yeah, we have good credit. Yeah, and so. Uh, <laughs> We were able to pay for the uh, expansion. You know, how do you buy a house? Basically, large large expenditures. You you have a good relationship with a with a good bank, and that's yeah, how you do it. Exactly. All right. Next question. How many import? And I'm I, I'm going to jump on this because I think we want to move along. But it's a question about how you know foreign cars or foreign manufacturers come to the country. Is how many importers are there in the USA? Is it is the importer responsible for a certain brand? And it, the way it works is that every manufacturer um, has a distribution system globally, Volkswagen, Honda, Toyota, BMW, and in the, um, so they're not individual importers that bring them in. They've established their operations in countries all around the world. So in America, United States, for example, Toyota, which we're most familiar with, um, there's different regions that, um, but they're all under the auspices of Toyota Motors North America, which is actually a division of uh, Toyota Motor Corporation out of Japan. And they're not individual importers, so they handle their own distribution system. Um, and the question is how many vehicles they bring in. They determine that based on you know, on the market, supply and demand. Um, well, there's, uh, a, there's yeah. a, they're independent distributors versus yeah. factory-owned distributors. Sure. So Southeast Toyota, the South, for Toyota, five southeastern states are owned by the Jim Moran right. estate. And then there's a... There's, there's two a mid, of them, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's the what? Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, Mid-Atlantic. And there's... You know, there used to be three, but it's uh, Cincinnati, Denver, and yeah. all that. But I think there are, yeah. most of them are falling under the uh, under the team. Gulf states is the one I was trying, yeah. trying to think of. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's say who makes the decision on which area the uh, how much, the mix of cars? Well, that's based on sales. So if they if they're selling a whole lot of trucks in Alabama, they're going to try and bring in more trucks into exactly. Alabama. Exactly. All right. The next one on, on your anonymous feedback. It is easy to say quote-unquote, one-price dealership. It is easy to decline the sale to a customer that challenges this, but not for every dealer. Nonetheless, it is a consumer's best interest to challenge this every time. The dealer that has the lowest one price will decline the sale. The desperate dealer who doesn't have the lowest price will try to retain your business by negotiating that price. Now, the consumer has a choice. 
go back to the one price dealer or take on the supposed one price dealer. No harm if the choice is with the consumer. Thoughts? Thanks, a listener. Well, that's a very insightful comment, and uh, uh, it is the reason that there aren't more uh, legitimate one price dealers. It's extremely scary for a business person to put his best price on his product, be it a car or whatever he's selling, and giving and give the consumer the right to shop and compare that car or product, whatever it may be. Uh, if if you do take the lowest price and you take it to a competitor, there's a good chance the competitor will try to uh, beat the price or make you think he's beat the price. Uh, what we've experienced in our in our what ten years we've been doing the. Uh, seven or eight years. Seven or eight years. Uh, we see that in most cases, they will take our lowest price, which you can obtain online or on by phone or come in, the lowest price that we will not come one dollar off of. And you can take it to all of our competition. And what we've learned is that rather than try to beat the price, because it is a very low price, uh, it's our best price, Rather than trying to beat it, they try to fool you into thinking they beat it. So they'll say, okay, we'll beat the price. And then they will add hidden fees. They'll add dealer installer accessories. And that so insults the informed consumers, they come back and they buy at our price. But if suddenly all the other competitive toilet dealers in the market became honest and they did not try to add and cheat and they have the hidden fees and dealer install accessories, it would probably be pretty bad for our business. Yeah. But right now, our business is great yeah. because people are trying to be deceived. They come to us because they're not deceived and they accept our price, which is a good low price. I think the old axiom that you repeat on the show every week, which is do not believe any car dealership statement or advertising applies to us, applies mm -hmm. to everybody. Mm -hmm. You gotta do it yourself. So if a dealer says they're a one yeah. price dealer, take it with a grain of salt. We're telling you we're one price. Take that with a grain yeah. of salt, too. Be sure when you get your lowest price from any dealer, any make, wherever you are, it's an out-the-door price, and be sure you compare it with at least three other dealers. It's easier said than done, but it's a sure way to get the best price. Yep. We got a text from California. This is John from California. My question is on the negotiation end of the lease price. I was under the impression that I would be able to negotiate that price with the leasing company, but I was told no, that I would have to deal with the dealer where my father-in-law on the issue, so we did that. And Nissan said the price was not negotiable, but my father-in-law really likes the car, so he kept it, even though I, I told him not to. The car was worth only 12000 and they told him the car was worth 15000 So they're talking about buying out the, the car mm -hmm. at the end of the lease. Yeah, well, it's uh, it could be a mistake. I mean, uh, uh, the uh, leasing company does have the final say. They own the car. They give you the option. Uh, I heard something the other day, Stu, that uh, um, I think it was an email I got from a customer that said, not our customer, that said that the dealership Wallace and Stewart, I believe it was uh, Ford, it was charging him a $300 buying fee for exercising his purchase option. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. In addition to, uh, it was an email to me. Okay. In addition, they had the dealer fee. 
So my advice was to go to uh, Ford Leasing and try to find a dealer that would not charge a dealer fee to exercise the purchase option and also ask the Ford Leasing if, in fact, there was a buying fee or if that was a creative way Wallace had of adding another hidden fee and calling it. You're like me. You've never heard of a purchase option fee. No, no, not not at the end of a lease, no. All right. Uh, This is from Steve in New Jersey, longtime listener, longtime texter. Uh, good morning, Earl. I'm in the process of getting a new car price from four dealers, following your advice. One that I purchased from in the past wants me to share bids with them together uh, together with their price. I feel this is unethical, although it may be standard practice. I said I would give all an equal chance to bid and would not share bids, and that they should be prepared to give me their best offer the first time. What's your opinion? I think you're right. I think that... Uh, I think that... Um by playing their game, uh, if they'll sense whether you're going to play their game, even if you don't agree or disagree. But I would say, I want you to understand that this has got to be your lowest price. You're not going to get second look. Yeah. And so you make your own decision. Yeah, and they might be, come in a little bit higher, but you might find that yeah. you, you trust them or you have a good experience when you're there. And yeah. so, yeah, they, they don't have to have the absolute lowest if they're if it was a reasonable you know amount variation. Yeah. My blog... Uh, uh, word track uh, for getting an out the door price. Uh, I have a. I wrote out. Um, you can just read it or type it or you know email it or whatever. But it's the best way to make somebody understand when you're walking out the door. This better be your lowest and out the door price with no games or gimmicks or hidden fees or dealer install accessories. Because if it's not, you'll never see me again. And I agree with you, the chances of you ever seeing me again are low, but they're zero if you give me anything uh, except your lowest price out the door. Yep. And finally, Linda says, Rick, you're very quiet this morning. That's because I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> we haven't had a whole lot of like uh, technical car questions. It's uh, all been yeah. leasing and sales yeah. and all that. Well, I have two texts, and uh, Rose is a regular listener. And she tuned in last week, and she heard us talking about the Cybertruck. Uh, this question is for you, Earl. Uh, Rose wants to know if uh, Elon Musk has had any pre-orders. CNBC said he had 250,000 pre-orders, and then someone told me that the deposit required was very low. I was stocked. A yeah, hundred bucks or something like that. A yeah. hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So um, I would say he probably had a lot of pre-orders, but certainly far more than he would have if it was a normal. Yeah, because yeah, Elon doesn't exaggerate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with our uh, super, to be full disclosure, we only required $500, and that was refundable. So there's a there's a balance between it's too low and it's too high. If you make too high, people are worried they're not going to get their money back. Uh, so I, we really can't scoff at Elon too much if he charges two fifty and we charge five hundred, right? Mm. Hundred. A <laughs> hundred, yeah. Well, even a hundred, yeah. I mean. The difference is $400. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Well, Rose, keep on listening. Uh, We always have some fun here, and we give out a whole lot of information. Uh, The other text, ironically, is you – was that Linda said Rick was quiet? Yeah. Uh, Rose wants to know from you. uh, She uh, tuned out last week whenever you were giving advice on mechanics and how she could find – Was Rick that boring? (laughs) (laughs) Rose had to go to work. 
Uh, so at uh, any rate, she's wondering if you could advise her. Uh, she's in the Orlando area, and she's looking for a great mechanic, a great mechanic. Uh, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm down here. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, Rose. I'm the greatest mechanic, right. <laughs> Best advice, actually, is uh, social media, Facebook, uh, the forum sites, any sort of social media, and get a bunch of recommendations, and then investigate every name and every suggestion, and do lots and lots of homework. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, not YouTube, but Instagram. Yeah. Just yeah, say, yeah. hey, folks, uh, this is where I live, and I got a Ford, and who's the greatest Ford mechanic you've ever dealt with? Yeah. It's a minefield out there, ladies and gentlemen, and you have to do your homework. I'll tell you what, I always say, knowledge is power. Whether you're leasing, whether you need a mechanic, whether you're purchasing a vehicle, hey, auto insurance, there's another topic. We need another two hours on that one. So, uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we're gonna hear from Rick right now, and he's got uh, some YouTubes. We've got a, well, one on YouTube. Uh, Richard Poplis is asking, will a car dealer give you an out-the-door price online or if, for if you want to counter-offer their price, or will they need you to come in to do this? Well, the conventional uh, old school will require you to come in, and uh, sometimes they won't even, uh, they say we don't get prices online. I mean, that's, that's so 20th century uh, today. Um, the competitive dealers, the ones that are going to survive in the 21st century, will give you a price. But sometimes you have to be adamant about it. You have to explain to them an out-the-door price means, and then you have to tell them what you mean by an out-the-door price. No hidden fees, uh, no dealer-installed accessories. Uh, the simplest way to do it, and Stu and I talk about this all the time, uh, is to have an out-the-door price mean what it says literally, meaning it means the amount that you bring the check to the car dealership for and they take and give you a receipt and you get in the car and you go home. That kind of a price. That includes tax and tag. And that would really eliminate everything if you did that. And at our dealership, we don't do that. We we put our prices online with, and the only thing we add is tax and tag. And we always have to explain that we only add government fees. Government fees. But I wonder, we're, we, he, we hesitate to put the government fees on there because it makes our price even higher. But wouldn't it be nice, uh, and I put your, my, myself in your shoes, you consumers, car buyers, wouldn't it be nice if there was a law? They required that. A law that said you cannot advertise a car anywhere unless you have the full price out the door, meaning the price that the customer pays and he owns the car and he takes it home. No more fees, government or otherwise, and no more dealer installed accessories. If that was a law, I, I wish I wish this wasn't a commercial. Well, because well, we we do that on our website. We don't put the tax and tag on. Yeah, we do. We add it separately, right? Well, we, we you click on one little thing, it shows you the total. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it should be. That should be the law. 
Yeah, and and you ha you have to pay the uh, pre-installed uh, fees, y you know, uh, from the uh, from the uh, dealer. Uh, you have that, but then you got to really be careful uh, because you get into the dealership and they add on, just like Earl just said, add on all these fees. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, buyer beware. Mother, got another YouTube. We are well, it's somewhat caught up. Uh, Wayne, I'm answering his question online also. Let's bring this open. Uh, he says, I have a question for Rick. My new 2019 RAV4 LE doesn't keep the favorite four phone numbers in memory. Sometimes the memory lasts a few days, and other times the numbers are gone. Hmm. And my first answer for anyone having an issue with their cell phone connecting with the radio uh, I'm going to guess because about 60 to 70% of people have iPhones. The new iOS 13 that came out has not been properly tested with most Toyota radios. This is going to be an issue with a lot of other manufacturers as well yeah. because Apple's been doing a lot of updates. Um, the easiest thing to try, and this works for pretty much any phone, any car, Delete the phone from the car, erase it completely out, and erase the car from your phone, and then restart both of them so that you get a fresh, clean, new connection. Mm -hmm. But always make sure that your phone has been updated to its latest operating system that all the updates are in before you begin that pairing process. 99% of the time, that will solve your issues and get everything working right. Great answer. And you know, for a lot of folks out there that are not real cyber savvy and technological, bring it to your dealer and let them do it for you. They shouldn't charge you for that. No, because that's something that takes about three or four minutes to do. Yeah. And then you're all set. And as a matter of fact, the interesting part is we used to update radio software by downloading a program from the Internet through a special scan tool. Yeah. And then putting it into the car. Now, those radio updates can be simply sent to the car over the air and it'll actually come up on the screen and say, you have an update, would yeah. you like to install it? It's kind of spooky when it happens. Yeah. It is, how yeah. do we know? Yeah. All right, we have another text. Uh, when you read the mean anonymous feedback, it reminds me of mean tweets on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> have you watched those? If not, you have to check it out, very funny. It is very funny and it actually, it reminds me of that too, as well. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. No. Okay, go on YouTube and just just search mean tweets, mean tweets yeah. and you'll 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 crack up. Maybe we should start uh, saving the mean anonymous feedback. We should do a video, yeah. and we could have a website with a mean anonymous. You know, we did that once. I think yeah. it was yeah. We did a video of that a long time ago. Yeah. We got to do that again. Yeah. Funny thing is, uh, this morning on the way to the show, just before we left, actually, uh, I got a. Um, I got a, a Facebook uh, message that said they tried to go on your, your anonymousfeedback.com and, and it said uh, website not available. So I looked at it and I had a typo and I spelled anonymous wrong. Uh-oh. So, so <laughs> I, I, I edited it, changed the spelling, and I sent it back. But now I know who the anonymous feedback comes from because <laughs> he Sucker. contacted me on Facebook. <laughs> Be right. careful. Uh, speaking of iPhones, another text here. Speaking of iPhones, I love my Apple CarPlay, but when will it work without the cord? 
That's something we're actually waiting to see from Apple because right now, uh, 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 I oh, actually know this one. You're, you're right. The I, new 2020s now have cordless. That is correct. Don't they? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's right. It's nice that you get in the car and your yeah. phone appears on the screen. It's really cool. So I imagine all the manufacturers are doing it about the same time. It probably had a thing to do with uh, you know between Apple and the manufacturers. So uh, we've talked about Apple CarPlay on the radio a lot here. It's just really cool because. Um, over the years, like the the infotainment things in cars are just terrible, and you have these phones that work great and they're easy to use and they're just really neat, and then the cars suck. And but now with Apple CarPlay and also Android has a, a similar thing. So if you don't have an iPhone, you can still do it. Um, basically, That's the mirrors Google your CarPlay. Phone. Yeah, yep. it's really cool. So uh, things are getting better. So I'm I'm glad about that. Not to mention the fact that the maps. For navigation yeah. system on Apple and Google yeah. are always up to date, whereas it used to be to update the map in your navigation yeah. system, ugh, and pay nightmare, and pay like two hundred dollars to get a new uh, DVD. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You have like you have a satellite view of uh, with the Google Maps in your car. Oh, I love it. I feel like <laughs> I'm flying. Exactly. No, if you go to the Google uh, satellite view, it's a picture flying in a small plane, uh, like a thousand feet. It's or yeah. maybe five thousand feet. Exactly. Wow! And then you see the world in your in your neighborhood the way you've never seen it before. Right. I mean, you you're driving along a you know two dimensional, and you look to the right and you see a bunch of office buildings, and then I'm looking at my Google Map and I see what's behind the yeah. office building. I was a, oh, there's a pond back there. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am in the trunk at that point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what I want because Earl's just staring at the map. Mm. <laughs> Look, I if I That's can make this true. turn. Yeah. I, 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 wanna, I confess. I want to see, see 77. I do, okay. I do confess. It's dangerous. I, but I can't help myself. I go, Ooh. Did you hear what he said? You can't should see what himself. Nancy looks like every Saturday morning when she shows up at the studio. He said he can't help himself. Guess yeah. what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm working on that. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. I got handcuffs so far. I got hog tie rope. Uh, a lot of stuff. Put I got a, blind, a wild imagination. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, I am going to read this next text that is uh, directed at me. Long time coming. Uh, this is from Marianne, uh, and she says, Nancy, thank you for being part of Earl Stewart on Cars. I really wish there were more radio shows that included women. Thank you for the information that you share with us. Marianne, from my heart and soul, and from Earl Stewart on Cars, thank you. Okay, where we thank stand you. on text and uh, Notice the guys didn't make a comment on that. <laughs> no, I said, I said thank you. And also on a more serious note, we do have a mystery shopping report coming up, and that is from Napleton. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a yeah, good old can, Napleton shop. Yeah, we need a knockdown here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all caught up with text and comments online, but I'll interrupt if we get another one. Okay. Okay. You know, I think uh, I'm going to do this before I get to the mystery shopping report. I didn't even tell Stu about this, but I was inspired yesterday, and I did my blog a little early, and so it, was, it won't go out till next week. But my inspiration was to get to the core root cause of evil in car dealers and why are you uh, people taken advantage of and it's called it's called uh, competition insane competition and I explained in this blog and this will be in next week uh, I explained why car dealers are insanely competitive leading to the things that they do 
And it has to do with us being, uh, as a car dealer, I'm a car dealer, I'm on a very limited franchise agreement, contractual agreement with Toyota. Honda dealers are the same way with Honda, Ford, blah, blah. And if you don't perform as a car dealer, a lot of people don't know this, if you don't hit your quota and sell a certain minimum number of cars, you lose your business. Now, car dealers invest millions of dollars. You don't see a car dealership out there that has less than a few million dollars invested. And sometimes it's life saving, sometimes it's a life work, and it's your business. You employ you know, 30 or 100 or 500 people, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, investment and commitment. And a car manufacturer can take that away from you overnight. All they have to do is not review, renew your franchise, your contract. Mm-hmm. And if you don't sell enough cars, they will not renew your, your franchise, your contract. And if they take away your right to sell, I'm a, I'm a Cadillac dealer, and say, okay, Earl, you can no longer sell Cadillacs, and I've got a $10 million building and $20 million worth of land and uh, $5 million worth of equipment and on and on and on, suddenly the value of all that brick and mortar and inventory and equipment is worth maybe 10% of what I paid for it. I mean, it's, it's devastating. So it's like having a gun to your head. Mm. And I've been a car dealer for over 50 years. And for over 50 years, I've, in a sense, felt like I have a gun to my head. Not a good feeling. So uh, what do you do? You do whatever it takes to sell the number of cars that Honda tells you you have to sell, that BMW tells you you have to sell. And if you don't sell it, you have to decide, do I lose my business? Do I have my employees without jobs? Do I have my family uh, without food on the table? I mean, I know I sound overly dramatic now, but- I don't think so. The competition Stakes is intense, high. and it calls for desperate moves, and the desperation translates into unfair and deceptive uh, trade practices, advertising, sales practices, lying, cheating, and stealing to sell cars. And they're all selling the same product, a Ford is a, a new Ford is a new Ford is a new Ford. A new Honda is the same. They're generic. So if Bremen Honda sells a car and Morse Honda sells a car, they're the exact same car. And you can go to buy the exact same product from two different businesses, and where are you going to buy it? You're going to buy it where the price is the lowest. And if everybody competes to sell you that Honda at the lowest price, what's going to happen? They're going to lose money and they're going to go out of business. Do you see a correlation between the more desperate dealers who are in more danger of not meeting their quotas and the style of advertising? Uh, I, I do, but I also see a correlation between the more successful dealers. And I hate to say this, but the really successful dealers oftentimes are the most deceptive. And uh, it's... Uh, it works, I guess. It works. Yeah. You know, lying and cheating and stealing works, especially when the legislatures are dropping the ball, the regulators are dropping the ball, and the strength of the lobbyists, national automobile dealers, the floor automobile dealers, the power to get people elected into office and the and the fear that those people have of saying something against that industry, be it insurance, uh, be it the National Rifle Association, uh, be it the, whatever it is. It's just the way our system operates. So that's a preview of my blog that's coming out next week, not this week, but next week. Catch it online Monday morning. 
exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Earl, I have to commend you. You really broke that down well. And I think you can attack a topic when you've been part of it, been there, done that. And what you did was you broke down the desperation of selling a car and the, uh, well, like I said, been there, done that, and all the passion that's involved in it, a lot of emotions in deceiving the consumer. Now we're going to get to the mystery shopping report, and uh, I believe Earl has that right in front of him. Like I told you earlier, that is from Napleton, West Palm Beach. Napleton, West Palm Beach, Hyundai. Car dealers love sales. Maybe more appropriately, car dealers love the opportunity to have a sale. President's Day, uh, Groundhog Day, Valentine, you name it. Any day is a sale day at a car dealership. And of course, Black Friday. It really, really gets the impetus because it was created. Uh, it's created for the retailers. And uh, every year, Black Friday gets me excited. I mean, I had to jump on Amazon, and I had to look around. I'm shopping right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought were, I thought you were quiet, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, are you shopping? J. Crew is 40% off right now. And Black Friday, I mean, has really been pounced on by the car dealers because it gets the adrenaline. And uh, people, it has credibility. Uh, the media and the news give Black Friday credibility. Um, of course, like the other endless string of holiday-based sales during the year, Black Friday sales at car dealerships are bogus. You know, it's the old joke, how to tell, you know, how to tell when somebody is lying they're, you know, they're, they, when their mouth moves. Yeah, they, that's what that's what they say about teenagers. How do you know how to tell when a car dealer's lying? Is when he advertises. Yes. Uh, it's it's like the. It almost goes back to my competition thing that I I talked about earlier. If you told the truth about your price, car dealers feel if I give them my best price when I advertise, what are they going to do? That customer, that damned customer, is going to take my price. And I was so honest with him. He took my lowest price, and he went over to my competition, and they beat my price by $100. Buyers are liars. That terrible customer. Sounds funny, doesn't it? It's true. It's exactly true. I go into a dealer meeting, and I go to a... Stu and I go to dealer meetings all the time, and that's the conversation. So what do they do? They lie about their price. And what a better place to lie is than their advertising. And that's what they do. Uh, a good old Black Friday promotion is too irresistible for a car dealer like Ed Naples to pass up. Uh, Ed Naples is one of the largest car dealerships in the country, by the way. He's right up there in the top, I think, 30 or 40 dealer groups. He's got, he's got like a... 30. Four, 30 or 40 yeah, dealerships. Uh, not that many in Florida, but all, Ohio, I think it's, he's all around. And uh, he lives in Palm Beach. Um, used to have family uh, in the business. I don't know if he still does. His son. Oh, his son? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right, yeah. I read about his son in the paper. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we went looking for a Black Friday advertisement. We immediately found one. Naples West Palm Beach Hyundai is offering Black Friday pricing. Isn't that a beautiful? Can you see the ad agency now? Let's call it Black Friday pricing. And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, people say all month oh, long. Oh yeah. The ad we found promotes a lease on a new 2019 Hyundai Elantra SE for just eighty-five dollars per month. That's right. <laughs> 
$85. I just wonder who, who believes that when I say that. I, I know people do believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, no, no, nobody in this room. We're all we're all informed, and but if you go to the masses, and it's just like these Nigerian scam people that are on the internet that say that their lawyer just decided I I'd inherited a million dollars. You fall I mean, for that every and time, and you laugh at it. Well, there are people that believe this stuff, and all you need to do is get one percent. And uh, am I hearing voices? Yes. Yes. I'm hearing voices. Nobody in this room, we're all I'm trying to turn my turn my yeah. Okay. I'll just have to ignore it. Uh, Stu's looking for the source of the voice that is speaking to me from above. Um, we know educated people and aware people know that this is too too, too good to be true. Uh, the first paragraph of fine print indicates that the total due this is a Napleton ad to the total due at signing is $2,999. Let's call it $3,000. So, somehow, uh, uh, you have to see this in the fine print, and you're not going to find it in the fine print. So, uh, that's that's the first sneaky awareness this Napleton Hyundai advertisement is not true. And that doesn't include the first payment. So, that's contradiction number one. The second paragraph re- reveals more in this advertisement for Hyundai, uh, Napleton Hyundai. Uh, we learned that the 2999 plus first payment is to a signing also does not include the tax. So now we got another 215 bucks. This is on the $85 per month lease. And tag and title, we got another 250 bucks. And then here comes the hidden fee. Uh, we refer to it in the shopping report as the dealer fee. $899 hidden fee. And then another hidden fee that they called dock processing fee, $199. Now, you probably can't keep a track or add all that up in your head too much too fast, but the total due that you have to come up with for this $85 a month lease from Napleton Hyundai in West Palm Beach, $4,562. $4,562 to get an $85 a month lease. Now, What's so good about an $85 a month lease if you have to come up with nearly five grand? Yeah. And, and plus, when you look, if, you glance, if you bothered to look at the fine print, all you would see is yeah. 2999 do it signing. Yeah. So, Napleton Hyundai, I say to you, shame. Ed Napleton, I say to you, shame for this type of advertising. There's a lot to unpack here. So, we sent the intrepid. Ooh, you forgot it. The, the miles allowed. Oh. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. Shame on me. 10,000 miles a year in the fine print is all you get. And the average driver drives 50% more than that, 50, 15,000 miles a year. Mm-hmm. So you're probably, in a three-year lease, going to have 15,000 miles overage at 25 cents a mile. You might owe $32,000 at the end of this lease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's all the minefields. We've uncovered them all with our with our... Uh, our dog. I envision a dog <laughs> smelling out the minefield. McGruff the crime dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's the report. Uh, speaking in the first person, as if I were Agent Intrepid. Agent Intrepid. No, Thunder. Intrepid Agent and Thunder. That's yeah, right. Agent Thunder is Intrepid. He is, he is Intrepid, yeah. Um, I entered West Palm Beach on day at 11.15 in the morning, greeted by a familiar face, a man named Roger. We name names, folks. 
who I actually work for, speaking in the first person. So Agent Thunder actually worked for this guy in his other life. With him. With him. Yeah. Worked with him. Okay. And that happens every now and then. And I love his coolness, his calmness. Yeah. And instead of being flustered, he just said, hey, Roger. Yeah. What's up? What's happening? And uh, we exchanged a few words. He turned me over, uh, Roger did, to a young, a young salesperson named Chris. Uh, what did Roger do? He, he wasn't the manager. I don't know. Uh, it might have been maybe a greeter or yeah, a... Yeah. Who knows? I told Chris, uh, the salesperson that Roger introduced me to, I was interested in the Elantra SE, Hyundai Elantra, and this is Napleton in West Palm Beach, from the advertisement, and he went off to find a vehicle. Chris did an excellent job presenting uh, and demonstrating the vehicle. It took us back inside to look at the numbers. Once back inside, I found Roger again, and I told him about the $85 lease deal. Now, remember, I know Roger, so we were worked together. I was, you know, I was his buddy. And, uh, and I said, I, lo- I looked him right in the eye, and I said, is this just bait and switch, or is this the real deal? Now, that's got to be, Roger had to do some serious thinking. He responded, listen to this. To be honest, you're probably going to have to put up more than $5,000 down to get close to $85 per month. I love that <laughs> phrase, to be honest. TBH. I mean, that's really, I mean, they're lying, they're deceiving you, and now he runs into a friend. You run into honesty when you uh, get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the disclosure. To be honest, you got to come up with about $5,000 to get close not two eighty-five dollars a month to get close, and close is a relative term, right? I mean, I'm close right. to Stu, but There's I'm also close to uh, uh, the gas station across the street. That's I'm, true. I'm close. What is close? We'll find out. I said, "My goodness, that's a long way from eighty-five. Oh no, I'm sorry. A few minutes later, Chris comes back from the offer with an offer three thousand dollars down to be at two hundred and seventy-three. <laughs> Right. $273 <laughs> per month. Okay. Right. Exactly. That's close. That ain't close. That ain't close. I said, my goodness, that's a long way from $85 per month. I then proceeded to chuckle and belly laugh, and it was easy to do. I mean, I know this guy, Roger. Joke. He's my friend. Okay. Uh, Chris must have taken, this is a no, the belly laugh, walked off to grab the manager. Five minutes later, I'm approached by Jacob, who thanked me for coming in. He mentioned my friendship with Roger, and he said he's going to give it to me straight. You, you know how it is. He's saying, this is straight. <laughs> you know how it is. To get to those numbers, you have to get a lot of incentives by being a retired cop. Now, that's a new one. Did he really say retired cop? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A soldier. <laughs> you got to be a retired cop and a soldier. Well, we've and you got to be a veteran. farmers and teachers. Yeah, farm, yeah. we heard farmers, yeah. And, of course, there's the uh, loyalist and the conquest, and there's a, there's a whole litany of different organizations uh, to get all these discounts. How about and sheep herders? Sheep herder. I like that. <laughs> Shepherd. I think we ought to do that as a joke sometime. Uh, run an advertisement that in order to qualify for this, you must be a sheep herder. <laughs> a goat herder. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's the conversation because I'm a friend of Roger. I decided to just cut to the chase. I said, I don't have any more time. I'll put $5,000 down. Just give me a printout that shows exactly what I'll be paying per month. He agreed and returned with a lease worksheet. 
and I pointed a few items for me. He highlighted that the MSRP of the car was $19,005. I was receiving $2,250 in rebates and putting down $5,000. And my new payment was, drum roll, $227 $227 per month. Now remember, the ad's $85. Okay. He failed to point out that below my $5,000 down, it listed two upfront fees totaling $796.50. Don't know what they were called. Uh, I suppose the finance manager would have collected it. A lot of that going on. You see some on the worksheet. You see some from the sales people, meaning hidden fees. Then they have more hidden fees in the box, the finance department. It also appeared that the selling price was $1,000 over MSRP. (laughs) $19,005. I shook hands and went on my merry way. So so he's... It was $5,796.50 to get a $227 a month payment that did not include tax. Exactly, yeah. What about the ad? Yeah, $85. What about the ad? You would, th- you would think, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that somebody, I mean, you know, I get so disappointed in our legislatures and the regulators, but I also have to talk about the manufacturers. You know, the Hyundai district manager knows what's going on. And he probably pat him on the back for yeah, that ad. Yeah. And they probably have an ad ethics uh, thing, but this isn't part of it. Bait and switch, lowballing, and all the other dirty tricks are not part of the requirements of what they call good advertising. Uh, they're, Hyundai's probably required not to advertise a car below invoice, like Toyota and Honda and yeah. some other people, which is their way of boosting the price to the consumer. Okay, let's get into the epilogue here. What time is it? Oh, we got a little bit of time. This was indeed a classic bait and switch. The odds of anyone qualifying for all those rebates mentioned by the manager are worse than the odds of winning the Powerball. And then to add insult to injury, when the customer inevitably does not qualify, they raise the price over sticker, and they go for the jugular. So it's it's the worst type of advertising we've seen. Uh, they don't even feel embarrassed about it. Uh, we've heard honest disclosures from salespeople before that feel guilty. In this case here, we had a friend, uh, just coincidentally, of Agent Thunder, who recognized, they recognized each other, they worked together, and even then, uh, he was deceived. And there was a confession right. of the deception. You'd think he'd get a deal. Yeah. Because there never was a deal. Yeah, there never was a deal. Nobody would get a deal. If they had sold it for the advertised price, uh, Napleton would have lost thousands of dollars on that price. Because it would be, to be honest with it, it would be $85 a month uh, with no down payment. And that would be a huge loser. It'd be interesting to hire an attorney sometime and sue to buy the car at the price that was advertised. Maybe we ought to try that. I never thought about that. Hmm. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're getting close to a voting time. Uh, we got about six minutes to go. I think. Yeah, we have a few coming in online. We have uh, Rufus. <laughs> Rufus gave him an F. Love your name, Rufus. Uh, Linda, in all caps, gives them a big fat F. Uh, we have an F from Ed. We have an F from Marvin. And I'm giving them an F, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, not just deception, but 
unapologetic deception, uh, confession that they are cheating. So uh, I don't know, maybe when you confess that you're cheating, maybe that's better than when you don't confess. Or is it just more arrogant? I'm not sure. I don't know. Rick, what do we got on the YouTube? Uh, so far, I've got Karen with an F, Mark with an F, and my own. <laughs> it's an F. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even need to go there. Yeah. A Napleton Hyundai in West Palm Beach is already on our Do Not Buy list, yeah. right? So we'll make, a new, we'll make a new list for them. A new list, yeah. They're not a special <laughs> list. You know, we had a, a recommendation the other day that we give uh, quantitative scores, numerical scores, because a Napleton would be down around 9 or 10 points, and we got people up there around 70 and 80 points. It would be really cool if we had like a little button you could click on it. It, sh- it shows the curve, and then you click uncurve it, and, yeah. it, and it spreads. You kind of like the feels like, never yeah. mind. Exactly. Nancy, what are you, uh, how are you going to vote on this? Well... I'm going to give them an F, and I'm going to say that they really give the word giving a new definition this time of year because they're really giving it (laughs) to the consumer. That's right. So there we are. I'm going to say fail them. I'm going to say that maybe when you have a particularly egregious report like this, maybe we should turn them into the state attorney's office. Let's do it. Yeah. Anne-Marie also gives them a big fat F. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be interesting. We could also report on the state attorney to see what the reaction was. Now, they won't always tell you that they took action. Uh, I think they, maybe it's policy they don't tell you, but the state attorney, we've done this before, and we've we've turned dealers in for very egregious activity, and uh, they find them. So if you push them, uh, the state attorney will take action. That's the reason I tell you consumers out there, uh, complain to the uh, Florida State Attorney's Office, and uh, you might not know they took action, but if it's a legitimate complaint, I believe they will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people just throw their hands in the air, you know, and say, huh, what can I, how can I make a difference? But boy, you sure can. And uh, as far as our list is concerned, send them a short list, nothing overwhelming. Sometimes they have the attention span of a gnat, so we don't want to, you know, take up a lot of their time. They'll just throw our mail in the garbage. Okay. I, I mean, if we do have another uh, 30 seconds, I'll just remind everybody about my $100,000 dealer challenge. I'm challenging anybody. The, the monies the, uh, the, will be donated to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And uh, if you'll debate me on the air about the uh, honesty of the, of the hidden fee, the dealer fee, the hidden fee, uh, and we will have a fair judgment on who wins the debate. Um, it could be done anonymously. It could be done anonymously, yeah. And if you, if $100,000 is too rich for your blood, uh, give me a number. Uh, whatever it is, I'll take my winnings if I win. I'll donate it to Big Dog Ranch, and you can keep your money. This applies to all the car dealers out there. there okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I see about the clock that we've got about two minutes left. I want to remind all of you how important you are to the show and take a moment and thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. We'll be right back here next Saturday, and we hope that you will tune in again. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Let me ask you a...